is the Right Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you to another episode of the Crystal Silence League Hour. A great disappointment for those of you to tune in to WWF Live or Hockey Digest today. Uh, Tonight's topic, episode 85, um, rebooting, which is basically how do you start over or how do you start anything? How do you begin? How do you initiate? So why don't you come back in about a minute? This gives you time to take a... uh, uh, a brief break if you need one to initiate a uh, hot or cold drink, get a beverage, and just come right back. We'll be back in just a moment. Well, happy 2017. Um, we made it through another year, didn't we? Um, and no one is more surprised about that than I. Um, every morning, though, I wake up and I say, hey, I made it through another night. Goodness gracious, I'm alive. I look in the obituary just to make sure that I'm not a ghost. And I say, no, I didn't die. So time for breakfast, time for some coffee, and time to look at the day. And I start every day just as I propose later on. You start every year. I make an agenda. What do I hope to accomplish this day? <coughs> now, I don't accomplish... <coughs> you don't have to forgive me. <coughs> that uh, cold I have is still lingering. And hey, Oh, hey, you know um, how Facebook brings up all your memories from previous years? Um, all my Facebook memories say, that cold I have is still lingering. It's hard to shake. Man, I still have that cold that I've been having for about a month now. When will this cold I've been having is going to go away? 2007. Gosh, this cold is just really hanging on. I feel a lot better, but I still have this cold hanging on. It's like every year I get this cold, every year. And Facebook documents it for like, from like 2007 to 2017, like the past 10 years. Every year I seem to get this cold at exactly the same time. Isn't that something? It's it's a tradition. It's a tradition I would like to do without. That's for damn sure. But I make an agenda of the things I want to accomplish. I just don't go into the day. And I always take time in the morning. Uh, the first thing I do is make my coffee. And um, it, it's funny, you know, there are people that give you crap about drinking coffee. I'll, I, I post, I used to post on Facebook, my fondness for coffee. And people say, well, you know, caffeine's a drug. If you put sugar in your coffee, you're a drug addict. You know, you say you don't drink or smoke or do drugs, but you do caffeine. I, say, I just say, F you, you know, get, get the hell off my back. You know, enjoy my coffee, get the hell out. And, you know, usually these are people who have no life, and they like to look at other people's lives and pick it to pieces. Yes, I drink coffee. Yes, I'm aware that caffeine is a stimulant. Yeah, I don't put sugar in it. I mean, you know, why ruin good coffee by putting sugar in it? And I do drink good coffee. I don't drink this um, stuff that tastes like it ran off Luther's boot. So what in the world, you know? <clears throat> um, so uh, 
you know, yes, I'm aware of this. So I start my day with coffee, then I sit for several minutes, you know, sometimes as long as an hour, um, 30 minutes to an hour, and just organize my day in my mind. And if my day is especially complex, I'll make lists. And I'm a big uh, advocate of making a list. And um, I'll organize the list, rearrange it, and uh, try to consolidate tasks so I don't run around all day um, repeating, backtracking. If I have to go out and run errands, I want to just make one trip. I don't want to have to go home and go, oh, my God, I forgot to go get paper or something. I have to go back out because this is crazy. So uh, this is how I organize Every, and I've done this for years, and I do this every day, even on my days off. Because even on your day off, there's stuff you're going to do. On, you know, it, you know. Step one: make and drink coffee. Step two: lay on the couch and scratch. You know. Uh, step three: move over to the recliner and scratch for a while. You know. Step three: take a nap with the cat. You know. And then, you know this is my, my day. And of course, unexpected things occur, and you're going to be interrupted by that. But you know, what we want to talk about today is how we. Um, have this vast space of a new year ahead of us, and people make resolutions. I don't believe in doing that, um, but I do believe in making a plan and setting goals, and that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing at all. And and organizing that plan and having stepping stones along the way and setting challenges and putting things out there that you really hope to achieve and making plans to achieve them. Not This is not wish fulfillment. This is not making a wish like, oh my gosh, I hope I make more money, and oh my gosh, I hope I have more clients, and I hope I can get rid of this terrible job, and I hope I can attract love in my life. But you set these as goals, and you put steps in place to manifest these things, to bring them into your life, not by wishful thinking, you know, not by just sitting on your couch and hoping it will happen and think some magical law is going to make it occur. Um, there is some magical law that can help make it occur, but I just don't think you can light a candle, make a wish, blow the candle out, and uh, all of a sudden this is going to happen. There, there are practical steps you have to take as well as spiritual steps. That's just the way life works, I think. You can use spiritual help to bring things in, but there's also you got to get up off your booty and make it happen as well. Um, <clears throat> this is the Crystal Silence League Hour, which is, of course, a uh, out branch of the Crystal Silence League, which, if you don't know that, was uh, founded around uh, 1917 by a remarkable man named Claude Alexander Conlon, who created the Crystal Silence League to project positive prayer and affirmation to all those who need it, which <laughs> is pretty much all of us. And uh, he did this through the agency of Crystal Balls. So you would join his league, and you would buy a crystal ball from him and instruction on how to use it in the four branches of crystallomancy. And we teach that in the Crystal Silence League. And, uh, of course, the four branches are divination and scrying and projection of prayers and spells with silent influence and the reception of blessings from the divine and from your friends and from pastors of the Crystal Silence League and transformative healing and self-empowerment using the crystal ball. And these were it was a remarkable uh, achievement of Mr. Conlon to um, take the principles of new thought and amplify them with uh, yogic techniques and with crystal ball projections. Um, 
and we do teach these. We have some literature, uh, a couple of pamphlets that are compilations of the writings of Mr. Conlon, and also a book by uh, yours truly, um, <clears throat> the Reverend John St. Germain, called Crystal Magic, Divination, Healing, and Spellcraft with Gems and Minerals that you can also buy from us. So uh, you can find out more about us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. Go there, and you'll find also a place where you can post prayers. And we get hundreds of prayers a week posted, and prayer is always free. You can also join up uh, for a donation and become a member with greater rights and privileges. Um, so we have a stone that we'll discuss this week, and then we'll get on with our prayers. And the stone I'd like to talk to you about this week is uh, almondine, which is a form of garnet. <clears throat> and it's a very pretty one. It's uh, a mixture of scarlet, red, and brown. And that's how you can tell it from um, the ruby garnet, which looks just red, which looks like a ruby. People would find these uh, ruby garnets and go, oh, my God, I'm rich. It's a ruby. You know, oh, no, it's not a ruby. It's a, it's a faux ruby. It's a, it's a garnet. And they go, ah, but still there. They're not stones. You find garnet rings that look very pretty. Um, <clears throat> but the almondine garnet is a mixture of uh, scarlet and red, and it's earthy brown. And it's a very handy stone and a very appropriate one for the beginning of the year. Um, it's useful in seeing the reality of your current situation rather than your projected worst-case scenarios because um, it's useful in calming worry and anxiety and fear. Um, it strengthens your confidence. It strengthens your sense of balance and your personal power. It eases those fears you may have when you initiate new projects or you launch a new undertaking. Um, it can help with sexual confidence and your sexual potency as well. And it can create, it can increase your assertiveness. So it's good in relationships when you're initiating a new one. Uh, because it's associated with the root chakra, it can help raise the kundalini energy and energize your power on every level because of that. If you're going to use it for an infusion, uh, you can use the direct method. Um, it's a garnet. It's a hard stone. It's not going to dissolve readily in the water. So you uh, place it in a container of water, and you can leave it in the sun for a day or two. Uh, you remove it, and you add a tablespoon of brandy. <coughs> the brandy. Uh, uh, gives it um, a little flavor, but it also helps prevent the uh, it, it, uh, it discourages uh, the growth of uh, algae and bacteria in uh, in your elixir. So you can apply this elixir to your chakras, uh, to various parts of your body. Uh, you can drink it. You can sprinkle it around your home, and it can be used to energize other stones. Now the garnet is a very powerful stone and can be used to energize uh, other stones. <clears throat> it can be used in your spell work, and it's particularly good in road opening and protection and spells to increase sexual potency for uh, power and control, uh, for courage, for uh, uh, remote influence, for, you know, for attempting to influence someone from a distance, and for courage work. So this is a, a wonderful... Um, uh, Stone and almondine, uh, moderately priced. It's not the cheapest, not the most expensive, but moderately priced. And uh, a nice one to add to your arsenal. Um, um, I, I like them when, when people come over and look at my my, um, my crystals. 
you know, I have a you know, plate of crystals and on my crystal altar, they'll they'll pick it up and go, oh, what's this? You know, they they do like the garnet. The sunlight goes to the, the ruby garnets, and if the ruby garnet is sitting there without light on it, it's kind of a dull black stone. But when the light goes through it, it's it's scarlet. You know, very pretty. And um, the almondine is kind of it looks like a brownish dark stone, and then the sunlight goes through it, and it's scarlet and um, red. And they go, oh, what's that? You know, and it looks really nice. And I say, well, that's an almondine, my child. So yeah, there there you go. Very nice. Um, now let's go. Let's do our prayers, and um, it's my custom to download and print out a number of prayers from our website. And uh, for those of you who don't know, our pastors, the Crystal Silence League, print out ten of these a day during their working days, which I do four days a week. And we put these on our altar, and we pray over them, just as uh, Mr. Alex, Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon, our founder, did. Uh, people would send him reams of postcards and letters of prayers. And he would lay his crystal ball on these prayers and pray over them. And uh, the pastors do the same. We can't do all of them. We get hundreds of them. But we, we each try to do 10 a day. And uh, what I try to do is print out a whole bunch of them and <clears throat> read them aloud on the air. And I would invite you to join me in prayers for the following people. I never identify names or personal information. I only identify them by prayer number. <clears throat> And if you recognize your prayer number or your prayer, hooray. So um, let's start. <clears throat> prayer ID number 57305, who says, Please, can I ask for prayers for healing? I have been unwell a while. My eye and mouth are swollen. And now I have had severe chest pain for the last few hours and am feeling awful. If this is coming from my ex or a part of his family, please I ask for prayers that this be removed and sent back in Jesus' name and for Archangel Michael's help to protect me. Thank you for all your prayers in advance. Amen. And prayer ID number 57303, adoption. I just received a letter from the courts that said nothing about adoption but stated they're still trying to give the kids to family. I don't want to panic, but this is scaring me. The father who molested one of his kids was still being looked at as a possibility. The system is so screwed up. Please pray God continues to intervene and save our boys. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID number 57302. Who prays that his finances get better. Amen. We have prayer ID number 57299. He says, please, gods and spirits, reconcile my relationship with my ex. Please, I love and care for him so much. Please, gods and spirits, pray for him to commit to me and keep him faithful to me. Amen. And prayer ID number 57298, who says, who says uh, healthy baby boy, boy born at 1.52 p.m., 7 pounds, 11 ounces, 19 inches long. Thank you, Crystal Silence League. Well, gosh, you're welcome. I remember that prayer. Yes, I remember that. I see, I see your name. I see that. I remember your prayer. You're worried. You're very welcome. Prayer ID number 57297. Who says, Lord, in the name of Jesus, please remove or reverse all evil back to the one that sent harm to a man by the, with the initial S. He is a good person, and he's old but still full of life. 
help me help him through me in Jesus' name. Help him retrieve the money back from GS that stole $100,000 from him and lied. Make him lose like S did. Reverse 70 times 70 back on them. Restore his life and lifestyle, please. Amen. Prayer ID number 57292 says, He needs to send me flowers. If he thinks that a phone call is going to solve this issue, let him know it's not. I want him to send me fresh flowers. He needs to take me out on a date. I am not going to keep talking to him on the phone. If he is cheap and doesn't want to spend money on me, then get him out of my life. St. Michael the Archangel cut all the ties because I will not put up with a cheap man. No way. Amen. Good for you. Good for you. Don't settle, ladies. Don't settle. If a man wants to be with you, he'll move heaven and earth, and he'll be good to you. Pray ID number 57291. Who says, my daughter has been induced for labor, <coughs> and I pray, <coughs> I'm so sorry, I pray that the labor goes smoothly and that M and her baby are healthy. In the name of God, amen. Prayer ID number 57290, who says, destroy all enemies' workings against a young lady whose initial is C, and she prays, Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in time of distress to you, the nations will come from the ends of the earth and say, our ancestors possessed nothing but false gods, worthless idols that did them no good. All working sent by C's enemies are destroyed. All C's enemies fall into darkness. Do people make their own gods? Yes. But they are not gods. All workings sent by C's enemies are destroyed. All C's enemies fall into darkness. May it be so. Amen. Prayer ID number 57288. Please pray for me that within the next few weeks, I will be directed to a church near where I live that will speak the word of God into my situation, help to heal, encourage, and support me during this difficult time of need without judgment or condemnation. Amen. And prayer ID number 57287, who says, My sister has been diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. And the prayer is, By his strips we are healed, and I stand on that promise. I pray for the pain to subside, and knowledge and guidance to seek out the right med. And as she journeys down this road, that she would feel the loving presence of those gone before to bring a comfort like she has never felt and a calming of her mind and spirit. Amen. And prayer ID number 57286. It says, please pray that N.F., and here's her birthday, moves on to a peaceful relationship with someone new for her and her family to stop contact with D.L., and that she stops harassing D.L., allow her to come to terms that D.L. has moved on. This sounds like a ex who is interfering. May she move on. Amen. And that prayer has been posted about six times, so that is apparently a bad situation. Prayer ID number 57281. I am in deep love with a girl named B.B., her ex-lover is forcefully trying to marry her with the help of her parents. I need B.B. Till now I, ca I cared for B.B. a lot without making her sad. Please pray for us. Oh God, please help me to get her 
as my partner till my last breath. Amen. Prayer ID number 57278. Requesting prayer for the removal and cleansing of any and all types of curses placed on me or my family. Thank you for prayers. Amen. Prayer ID number 57276. Please pray for all obstacles that are preventing me and my soulmate from being together. Please pray for the love of my life to come back to me. I miss this man so much and I love him with every fiber of my being. Please pray that all obstacles that are keeping us apart be removed and for this wonderful man and I to be together. I know that this man is my soulmate. Please pray for us. Amen. We have prayer ID number 57275. Please pray that I do exceptionally well during my job interview tomorrow. Pray that I get hired for this job. So shall it be. Amen. Prayer ID number 57274. Please pray that my target, Mr. R, will love me as much as I do him. Make him open his heart. Amen. And we have one last prayer. 57273. I need a little help for love. I need a little help praying for me and my love to be back in love the way we are normally strong. Not sure what negative energy is trying to separate our bond, but we need positive light and healing energy to help us mend. Amen. Why don't we take a moment to pray for all those in need of comfort and support and prayer. Well, we're starting out a new year. This is the first show of the new year. Well, for me, um, it's Tuesday. We had a, I'm assuming, a show Monday. We had Candelo last night. Man, what a great way to start the new year with Candelo. And um, now we have a show tonight um, with me. This is my first show of 2017. And I've been reflecting on what to talk about. And um, it just occurred to me 
rebooting, um, renewing our determination. Um, 2017 is a numerologically a one year. Last year was a nine year. We discussed that last week about nine years clearing the field. It really is. It's letting go, severing, ending. And <clears throat> um, I was surprised that so many people, especially in this field, were surprised at how many deaths and high-profile deaths there were. Um, and I pointed out a story a friend of mine told me, um, or, or a, what he said. Anyway, I had a, a friend who was in show business, and he said, you know, John, the way I look at it, everyone has their time on stage, and then when that time is over, you take your bow and make room for someone else to come on and perform. And then three days later, he was dead. And I, uh, I've always remembered that. And uh, I pointed out that in 2007, which was also a nine year, nine years ago, we experienced a great many deaths, um, high profile deaths and personal deaths. You know, obviously it's going to hit you on a personal level too. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I went over to another one of my Facebook pages where people were saying, oh, I can't stand this anymore. And I said, well, the assumption here is that death is unnatural. And he said, well, F you. And I said, well, the assumption there is that sex is unpleasant. <laughs> and, you know, he, you know, he, he cursed me out some more. But um, uh, death is part of nature. It's, it's, it's natural. And we, you know, in my family, we experienced uh, some loss. You know, we, my half-sister's mother passed into the silence. And um, the funeral was last Thursday. And, um yeah, you know, my sister's moving on. It's very hard for her. Um, and um, you know, I, I told her I said, "Well, you know, now, uh, you know, we're you know we're both orphans because my mom and my dad died long ago. Really, my dad died when I was twenty. My mom died thirteen years ago, I think. And um, I said, now I said, now you know, we're both orphans. And you know, she goes, "Oh yes, we are." And I said, "But you know, there's a life for your parents." pass away in a life after your parents pass away. And, um, of course, now I have resources a lot of people don't have. You know, my, my father visits me in dreams and gives me dad advice. And if you're a person who has opened those gates, then you have areas of comfort that may not be available to a lot of other people. Um <clears throat> Also, if you've come to the conclusion that death is a part of nature, part of life, and it's natural, you don't expect people to live forever, which I think is an unspoken assumption that the way things are now is the way they're always going to be. And so that, in my own roundabout way, brings us to the topic we're talking about tonight, rebooting, starting over. So at the beginning of the year, there's just something about that cycle of renewal. And for me, though, the renewing really starts around March, when May, when spring hits. Uh, I get through February. February is a month where nothing happens. It's, it's a moribund month. And in high school, I wrote a poem about February that I usually post on Facebook every February. Uh, January is a month where I, I plan. February is a month where I just sit around and drink a lot of coffee. And and then March is when I really start getting busy. And the poem I wrote for February is this. February is the unshaven month. It lies around all day in a tattered gray t-shirt, too dispirited to even run out a full 30 days. Isn't that cool? So uh, that was my poem about February. 
and <clears throat> it you know the tattered gray t-shirt you know I, uh, that that to me perfectly describes february and right in the middle of it's valentine's day which is cool you know if you're in love if you have a you know a sweetie uh it's cool but man <laughs> if you're if you're alone by yourself and you know you're watching all those hallmark movies on cable you know sitting there drinking <laughs> drinking liquor <laughs> you, know, you know it's like ah oh, god i hate february uh, so, you know so there you go and uh and even the cynical people, wow, Valentine's Day was invented to sell candy and cards. Well, you know, of course it was. But, you know, if, you, if, you, you know, if you're sitting there, you know, in bed after six hours of lovemaking, you know, with, you, 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 you don't even, you don't care about it. <coughs> drinking red, <coughs> drinking red wine, you know, who cares if that was what it was invented for? Um, so, starting over. Um, to me, it's important to know what you're going to do, to have a plan. If you're not working towards something, you're usually running away from something or you're sitting still. And either one of these states creates a sense of desperation. If you, if you feel that you're stagnant or you're running away from something, there's a sense of desperation. There has to be something that you're working toward. And uh, I tell people to make a business plan and... Is it, well, you know, I'm not planning a business. doesn't matter. Make a business plan. And if you're not making a business plan, why are you not? Even if you have a day job, why aren't you making a business plan? Why aren't you doing something on the side that can bring you in extra money? And I mean something you really like to do. Uh, do you like to draw? Do you like to play music? Do you like to make things? Uh, I had a, a friend and his wife used to sit around and make uh, greeting cards. She crafted greeting cards. Uh, started scrapbooking. You know, she she go to these stores and get scrapbooking supplies. <clears throat> then she started making little cards for her friends. And I said, "These are gorgeous. You could sell these." And she goes, "Oh no, I couldn't." I said, "Yes, you could. Make a business plan and put these up on the internet." And you know, this was before Facebook. This was when. There was Etsy, I think, and uh, <clears throat> eBay especially. I said, put some of these on eBay and um, Etsy and stuff. And uh, and she started selling them and making extra money. She was uh, in a retail associate. You know, she managed the store. But she started making more money making these handcrafted um, greeting cards. They were gorgeous. Uh, you know, they three-dimensional things. Um not not the pop up thing. You know, I mean, you opened them up and they were you know they they were three dimensional, but they were gorgeous. So um, everybody has something, you know, unless you've spent your life uh, doing nothing, you know, just kind of hanging out. Um, and even then, you have something that's um, dormant that you can cultivate. So make a business plan. And even if you don't make it. Imagine it. Make an imaginary business plan. And I'm going to tell you this: some things I've learned about life. Uh, I made my first business plan sometime back in the mid mid to late 80s. And I went into business for myself in the early 80s. Now, I did work for a living. Um, I was in the engineering field. But I also did entertainment as a hobby. And I decided that I wanted to make some money at it. And... Um, this would enable me, first of all, to avoid recessions because every time there was a recession, people in engineering got laid off. And 
I thought maybe I can make enough money to where, even though I got laid off, I could still support my family. Because, you know, I had a, a son when I was 18, between 18 and 19. <clears throat> and that's, that's another long story. So I started uh, marketing entertainment. Uh, you know, I did hypnosis shows. I did magic shows, things like that. Comedy, stuff like that. And I saw that I could, but, you know, how do you make a living at it? And I'll tell you that there's a lot of people that will give you very bad advice in fields like this. I was very lucky in that I, I ran into some people who actually did it for a living, and I asked their advice. And this is the first secret. If you want to do something, don't listen to people who don't know what they're talking about. Um, I've recently had a friend contact me because he's been trying to make a go in the entertainment business for, I've known him for 20 years, and he, he just can't get off the ground. And he's given me all these reasons why he can't do it. And um, I'm the first thing I want to ask him is, you know, who are you listening to? And I know he goes to all these internet websites and forums where all the amateurs and hobbyists hang out, and they're, they're all experts. You know, all, well, here's what you do, here's what you do, here's what you do. How many people... It are, is he talking to who actually did it for a living? Well, I'm going to tell you, he's only called me maybe three or four times in all the years I've known him. And I may be really the only person he's ever known who did it for a living and made a lot of money doing it. I made a lot of money as a professional entertainer. Um, I supported my family, and I made a lot of money. Uh, and I'm one of the few people who did. And the reason I did it was because I was really good at business, show business. I was not that good an entertainer. I'm going to tell you that right now. I have this voice you're listening to right now. This is the voice I had as an entertainer. And uh, I never achieved that level of, hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what? You know, I, I was not that. So I was never that good as an entertainer. Uh, <clears throat> and there were people who, I will tell you, uh, a lot of people said, man, that was a good show. That was a good show. A lot of people said, man, I fell asleep <laughs> because, you know, this kind of dry, laid-back, personality I have. Um, so I wasn't everybody's cup of tea. And I'm going to tell you that I retired just in time. This young generation, uh, they, the short attention span they have, man, they can't dig me at all. They just can't dig me at all. So, um, you know, they've got to have people up there um, dropping F-bombs and uh, talking about their genitals and uh, uh, high energy. And, you know, that's that's not me at all. So, um, but who find out find someone who's doing what you want to do and is good at it and successful at it, and that's the people you listen to. Uh, all you got to do is look at Facebook, and everybody know everybody's an expert. Uh, when Harambe the gorilla uh, was shot over that kid, all of a sudden everybody was an expert on uh, anthropoidology. Everybody was a gorilla expert. Everybody knew about gorilla behavior, and the one person who did not weigh in on it was Jane Goodall. Or Diane Fossey, you know, the two leading experts on chimpanzee and gorilla behavior. I didn't see them weigh in on it. And these are the two people I would have listened to instead of people that could, they, they couldn't form a sentence. You know, they were using the U instead of Y-O-U contractions, and uh, they couldn't, uh, the, uh, verb, adverb, disagreement, and they, they couldn't form a sentence. But by God, they, they could tell you what a gorilla's motives were. So you don't want to listen to these people. You want to find the people that are doing what you want, to, what you're doing, and get them to mentor you and train you. And I was very fortunate. I talked to some people that gave me some very good advice, and I followed it. And then I learned how to make a business plan. 
Now, you cannot – back when I did it, there was not an internet. There was not desktop computers. There was a crazy supercomputer at Oak Ridge <laughs> that filled a, a, an office building. But you couldn't get on the internet and find this stuff. You had to buy information. And the very first marketing materials I bought cost me $300 back in the late 80s. $300 in the late 80s is about like $700 now. The Master Marketing Manual. Um, and uh, to this day, I think that was probably the best step-by-step -step business plan I ever had. You wrote down your goals. Then you wrote down steps to achieve your goals. And you had day-by-day -day tasks you did. And so I would call people on the phone and say, who do I speak with? Um, in your company who books shows. And in those days, that's what you did. You called people on the phone and talked to them. And a lot of people said, well, F you, don't call me back, and you hung up. And this is where a lot of people I know in the business fell down. They uh, they said, well, people are mean to you on the phone. Well, what do I care about that? This is somebody I don't even know. What do I care if he yells at me? People yell at me on the street. I don't care. So after two hours of phone calls, I may have had 12 hot prospects okay should I tell you how much money that is to me in one day enough to make a living in one day I did that five days a week two hours a day so I, I made I made and I did this enough to make a living well then I had some agents that were about 25% of my income 75% was my I did this to the day I retired I still got on the phone and called people I can tell you, I could, you can go to, to internet forums and they say, well, calling people on the phone and sending them postcards is old school. It doesn't work anymore. I just kept my mouth shut because these were people who did not want to get on the phone and talk to people. They did not want to send postcards out because it was too much work and it wasn't fun and it was no good. So what I'm telling you is that you got to do whatever it takes to get your goals. And I want to tell you two stories about this. Uh, one of the things about salesmanship goes back probably 2,000 years. Um, there's a, a Taoist book uh, uh, by, by Chuang Tzu uh, that tells a wonderful story. I think it's the first story in it. There was a zookeeper who had some chimpanzees, and he, he gave them two bananas in the morning and three bananas at night. And uh, the monkeys elected a chief among them. I think his name was Donald. And uh, Donald the chimp said, hey, zookeeper, we're not happy with this um, uh, this arrangement of uh, two bananas in the morning and two and three in the afternoon. We want, we want more. We want a better arrangement. So the zookeeper said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Donald. Um, what, did, what about this? What if I give you three, bana three bananas in the morning and two in the afternoon? And the monkey's talking and said, well, that's much better. Yeah, we'll do that. So you see, same amount of bananas, but he reframed it so it sounded better and that's really the secret of success is reframing what you already have in a more attractive package and if you understand this and if you understand that all of life is a business plan everything in life is a business plan then you will make things so much easier for you um, I can look right now on my Facebook and show you people shooting themselves in the foot by putting their foot in their mouth because they think they're um, presenting themselves as being tough, uh, being, um, uh, I don't know, savvy, um, being survivors, and all they're doing is being petulant and whiny, uh, thin-skinned. Um, if they're trying to raise business, 
if they're trying to present themselves as intelligent, capable, um, they're not. In fact, I just went through today, um, the past few days, and I've just been unfollowing a lot of people because I don't want to read it. I don't want it entering my mind. Uh, people that are using a lot of profanity, uh, I don't know why. I have no idea why they're putting profanity out there and thinking this is good for business. Um, um, deliberately ungrammatical um, postings, um, you know, stuff that's, uh, you, know, you know, I'm tired of people doing this. I'm tired of people doing that. You know, one of the worst things, you go into a, a business and it says, um, uh, there, there are signs on the business that says, um, um, uh, you know, uh, rates are $5 an hour, complaints $25 an hour. If you ask questions, uh, $50 an hour, you might as well just saying to your customers, F you, we don't want your business. Uh, these, these, these are not funny signs. These are not customers, you know, get a, a message from, um, you know, complaint department, um, $25, you know, ask questions, $50, you know, you know, you know, the type of signs I'm talking about things that say to the customers, we don't want to, we don't want to bother with you. Um, uh, a lot of people who are, um, um, you know, people are complaining about these tiny things in their life, and then they're saying, uh, "Hey, call me for a reading. I'll tell you how to solve your uh, your problems." And they're complaining because somebody was mean to them, or said something mean to them, or um, uh, you know, something went wrong in their house. Uh, this is very bad for business. Very bad for business. So, everything in life is a business plan. You write down goals. You figure out how you're going to achieve them. Um, so how far are you willing to go if a little inconvenience um, stops you? Um, you're not going to go very far. Let me let me tell you some stories. <clears throat> um, it's like the three bananas and two bananas. <clears throat> when I was very very young, I would do anything, anything to get my name out. And I once ran in. There was a lecture from a fellow named Paul Diamond, and he lectured for a group of uh, young performers, and he had a lecture called It Takes Guts, Damn It. And that really stuck with me. And he said he wanted he, he wanted to uh, do magic for uh, trade shows, corporate events. This is very big dollars, but no one knew who he was. So he would go to conventions and go through the trash and find a badge. You had to have a badge to get into trade shows. He'd find a badge that somebody threw away and put it on to get into the convention. And once he got there, he would say, yeah, I'm the entertainer, and he'd go to the hospitality suites and do magic for them and get his business card out. Well, this stuck with me, and I'll tell you what I did. Um, there, there are shows, you know, like bridal fairs, where performers and vendors will pay a lot of money. Uh, back when I did this in the 80s uh, and early 90s, you would pay $500 to $1,000 a day for a booth where you could go in and perform at these booths. Uh, you know, for people that would attend, I didn't want to pay. So what I did, um, I, I had a, a case, and I would dress up very nicely, like in a tuxedo, and come in with my case and my table and a rolled-up banner. And I'd come and say, yes, I'm the entertainer uh, working this event. Um, uh, do you mind if I come in and set up? And nine times out of ten, they'd let me in the door. And I, would, I went to the wall, and I had this carnival banner of a palmist. You know, the hand that said, you know, John St. Germain Palm Readings. looked like a carnival banner that my friend Bob Tripp made me. And you know what I mean by a carnival banner, right, like a sideshow banner? And I'd, I'd stick it to the wall with tape and set my table up under it. And um, I'd just go into, you know, um, 
a spiel, and people would come by who went who paid to get into this event: bridal fairs, uh, wedding fairs, uh, uh, trunk shows, fashion shows, and things like this. And I would read their palms and give them my cards, and I built up quite a clientele doing this. And there were people like magicians, um, uh, wedding performers. And even other psychics who paid five to six hundred dollars to get a booth there, I just walked in the door and told them, "Yeah, I'm, I'm the entertainer. I'm the entertainment. Do you mind, you know, you know, do you mind if I come in?" I had I was questioned a couple of times. Somebody said, "Well, who hired you?" And uh, I said, "Oh, Diane in Human Services." You know, and, and there's a, uh, I said, "Well, I got the contract out in my car. Let me go get it. And I just go in my car and drive off." You know, a couple of times I was questioned, but I did this. I can't tell you how many times I did this. I crashed the event, and I did this because, like I said, Paul Diamond. It takes guts. Damn it, I crashed these events. And you could probably still do this today because people today are less. You know, they give less f's than they did back then. Um, <clears throat> um, so I was. I was telling uh, one of my deeply kept secrets. Uh, there was a five-star restaurant here in Knoxville owned by um, owned by the Reguses, and I wanted that restaurant. A lot of people tried to get in to work in that restaurant. This is where the, the richest people in town went. I wanted that restaurant. Magicians came in. They talked. No, we don't want anything like that in here. You know, basically, people come in. They'd wait for an hour to get a table, and you could work. For the people waiting in line, magicians. Yeah, I can show them card. Oh, we don't want card tricks in here. No, 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 no. Now I had worked for a lot of the Reguses. Uh, I had worked bachelor parties doing palm reading and things, but they were not interested. So I said, "Well, I'm. You're not going to get in the door talking to the manager or the owner or the owner whose name is Gus." But I knew the salon where who loved psychics. I knew that his wife was a friend of the salon owner and his wife. So I started working on the wife of the salon owner, who was Gus's wife's best friend. And so I started doing readings for her. And um, I started mentioning, I said, you know, I've worked in a lot of restaurants where people uh, were waiting for their dinner, and, you know, people hate to wait. And I used to do palm readings. And I said, I said I'd, you know, and I, I'm really, when I do readings, I can, I can be really funny and charming. So she said, oh, you know, you know, uh, Isla should have you come into her restaurant. And I said, well, you know, I don't know if the Regus is like that. I said, but, you know, I, I do, I dress really well, you know, and I, I'm very, very charming and funny. And I could, uh, I could, I think I could be an asset to them. She goes, I said, um, but, you know, if I went in there and talked to Gus, he'd just throw me out. He'd show me the door. He'd hand me my hat and show me the door. He goes, well, let me talk to Gisela. So Gisela calls me. She said, oh, you know, Miranda just loves you. And she said, would you think, do you think about, could you come to my restaurant? And do you know, I have a, I, I show this to people who don't believe me. I have a letter from, 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 you know, that restaurant's gone now. But if you look in my portfolio, there's a letter from the Reguses thanking me for the business I did. I was in Knoxville's only five-star restaurant for two and a half years, and nobody knew how I got in there. Nobody knew, but I did not do it through the front door. I did it through the back door, and what whatever it takes to get in. And that's one of the stories I try to tell these guys. I say, well, you know, how did you how did you do this? How did you make a living? I say, you, you man, you got to want it. And then you have to figure out a strategy, and then you have to do it. Um, you're not whatever anybody else is doing. You got to do something else. Um, there's um, the other story I want to tell you is that I was I was I went to a convention of entertainers, and uh, they were doing you know like Tony Robbins. He did a firewalk, 
And, um, um, you know, the idea of this is that if you have this confidence, you know, it's like, do whatever it takes, man. You've got to have confidence in this will – and, you know, people who do the firewalk uh, say that it changed their lives, and now they have the confidence in anything. So uh, the guy that set it up, um, I'll tell you that if you saw the movie The Secret, you saw this guy. You know, he was one of the guys that was in the movie The Secret. So he set up the firewalk. And uh, there were a lot of magicians there in this at this conference, and they were all talking about, oh, the trick of the firewalks is this, man. You know, there's no real heat. You know, you just got to walk across it. And the, the you know the ash protects you, and the and this protection stuff. And here's why I want to tell you what happened. Uh, the people who believed in the firewalk, nobody got hurt. But all these freaking magicians who were skeptics and thought it was a trick, some of those guys had to go to the emergency room. They got burnt. And and I mocked, the, I mocked the bejesus out of them because some of these guys were uh, mentalists, and they called themselves masterminds and master of the impossible and uh, mental marvels and stuff. And, I, and they were walking around the next day going, ooh, ah, ooh, 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 on their feet that were all blistered and, and stuff. And I said, I said look at you, you're a mental master, mind master, and master of the impossible, and uh, everything is possible. And you're walking around on your burnt-ass feet. And, uh, and uh, I was mocking the hell out of them, and they were like, if you. F you, John. F you. And I said, I said, you see, man, you thought you had this figured out. But the people who believed that it was necessary to go through the preliminaries, you know, the, the psyching yourself up and I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. None of them got burned. But these magicians and these skeptics, and these guys, oh, it's a trick. You know, it's just a trick, man. The ashes, it's all a bunch of crap. They, to the man, had blistered feet. And some of them got pretty severe. And then they blamed uh, Joe, the guy that said it. They blamed him. That, well, he didn't set it up right. If you set it up right, you shouldn't get burned. Uh, so uh, uh, the idea here is that, um, you know, don't don't think you know everything. And it, it, preparation has is, is got quite a bit to do with it. But th- these are stories I just wanted to get out there and let you know um, that – if you want something bad enough, don't think the world owes it to you. You know, the world the world is full of riches. The world is full of opportunity. And usually if somebody tells me, well, I, 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 I tried, but I just couldn't do it. I said, well, tell me how, what you did. Well, you know, I went over and knocked on the door and said, you know, hey, can I have this? And they said, no, and shut the door on me. I said, well, you, you really didn't have a very good plan, and uh, you didn't try hard enough. And uh, a lot of my work with people involves helping them find a way to do it, a backdoor way. And I'll tell you that a lot of the people I talk to who say that they're ready and they're willing and they're able to do whatever it takes are not They'll do whatever it takes so long as it doesn't require time, effort, or money. I'm serious. Well, I don't have time for that. Well, it's too much effort. Well, that costs too much. I say, so you're willing to do whatever it takes as long as it doesn't involve time, effort, or money. Well, that's not exactly what I mean. So the business plan consists of I'll, I'll tell you what it is. And, you know, back in the day, you had to pay for this information. <laughs> now you can go go on a website and they'll give it to you. But um, um, basically, you have a summary. Uh, it's a snapshot of what you hope to achieve over the usually five years. What's your five-year plan? Then you have the one-year 
plan um, and the six-month plan. So what do you hope to achieve in five years? Then you have a company description. What, what, do, what do you have to offer? Now, um, then you have a market analysis, which means who are your, who's your competition? Um, what's going out there in your market? What's your competition? Then your organization. So what's the structure of your business? What's your product? What are you selling? How do you plan to market it? Um, sometimes it's how do you plan to fund it, fund it, and what are your financial projections? How much do you want to make? Um, and how do you make yourself stand out? This is now called branding. You know, what's your brand, and what is your brand? And uh, so this is what you do with a business, but it's also what you do with yourself as a human being. If you're trying to create a lover. What's your, what's your plan to do so? You know, I'm trying to bring in a lover. Uh, you don't want a five-year plan. You know, maybe you want a six-month plan. What's your summary? How do you, you know, what, what's your goal? Well, I want to bring in my ideal partner. What's your company description? What, what, okay, what do you have to offer as a lover? You know, who are you? Do you know who you are? What's your market analysis? Well, um, <laughs> what's the competition out there? What's the market? Uh, does that lover, how many of those lovers, what, how many people meet your profile? What's the, what's the, how many competitors are there for that market? Uh, what's your structure? What's your organization? What do you have to offer? Uh, what's your product line now? What are you willing to offer? You know, what's your selling point? And how do you tend to market yourself? Everything in life is salesmanship. How do you tend to market yourself? What is your marketing plan? Uh, funding? Yeah, it's going to take money. You know, how are you going to make a living and how are you going to uh, make yourself available financially? And your financial projections. Um, how are you going to grow financially while you're trying to find this lover? And also branding. How do you brand yourself? There's a lot of guys out there, a lot of girls out there. How do you stand out from the pack? That's how a business plan works if you're trying to attract a lover. Uh, obviously, if you're trying to attract a job, same thing. You don't walk in the door with an application with 20,000 other people. How do you stand out from those 20,000 other people? I mean, I can tell you how. Um, one thing, you can research the company, and in, as part of your cover letter, you say something about the company no one else does. Um, I have a friend who's a headhunter, and he said, you know when people turn in resumes, only about five or six out of several hundred say anything about the company? You know, some guy says something like, "Yeah, see, so your CEO uh, won uh, a golf uh, won a golf trophy." Um, you know, he and I have a lot in common. I, you know, I won a I won a junior league golf tournament, and that's nothing compared to the Arnold Palmer Trophy. But you know, that caught my eye because you know I like to golf too. He said that guy looked on the website of the company and read about my CEO. I want that guy on my company. And you know that that one thing. Okay, here's. 200 resumes. Hey, this guy actually looked at the company and knows something about the CEO. He goes into the keeper pile. He's one of the five that they interviewed out of the 200. You see, that made him stand out. So how do you brand yourself? I can hear right now on my Facebook page, there's about 200 people that say, you know, call me. I'll do a reading for you. And some of them will do it for free, and some of it will do it for um, nothing, and some will do it for $25, and some will do it for $100. And there's not very many of them that catch my attention, you know, say, well, you know, what do you have to offer me? You know, you say you do a tarot reading. Um, what is it about you 
that's going to rock my world. Not many of them do. Um, I'd say, okay, you're a reader, you're a reader, you're a reader, you're, probably, you're going to read the tarot, you're going to read the tarot, you're going to read bones, you're going to read skulls, you're going to read uh, sugar cubes, you know, you're going to read leaves, you're going to read whatever. But tell me something about you that's going to make me say, okay, he or she has something that's going to rock my world. There's something about your life experience, your training, or just you in general that says, I, I got to talk to this person. I got to talk to this person. There's something about this person's mind, heart, spirit, life experience that I got to talk to him about. And it ain't listening to you whine about how you burnt your dinner or how somebody was mean to you on the bus or how um, your boyfriend or your girlfriend messed you up or how you're tired of uh, uh, you're tired of how the world is or something. I want to hear something about you, your indomitable spirit, how you confront the world and beat it, what you've learned. I want to hear something that you have done. You know, you have to impress me. I'm I'm the person buying your product. You have to brand yourself. You got to impress me and don't say, you know, I give zero Fs about what you think. Then I, I give you zero dollars. <laughs> you know, uh, you know that's a fine attitude when you're young and can afford it. But you know, if you're if you're out there marketing stuff, you know that's fine. Young and rebellious, okay, good for you. Old and rebellious, good for you. Um, do you really want to bring stuff into your life? That's not the attitude you get. Um, I'm uh, I'm an old guy, and I have I have uh, made my living doing exactly what I want to do all my life, really since I was in my 20s. I have lived life on my own terms. I have called no man master. And I have made a very happy and good living doing exactly what I want to do. And it, when at the end of the day, I do, what I, I do what I want. Now, I have worked very, very, very hard. And I have sacrificed a lot. But I wouldn't Trade, trade. I wouldn't trade it in for anything. And I would like to read a poem to you, and this is a prayer for 2017. It's the child angel, by Rabin Radrath Tagore, the great Indian poet. Let your life come amongst them like a flame of light, my child, unflickering and pure, and delight them into silence. They are cruel in their greed and their envy. Their words are like hidden knives thirsting for blood. Go and stand amidst their scowling hearts, my child, and let your gentle eyes fall upon them like the forgiving peace of the evening over the strife of day. Let them see your face, my child, and thus know the meaning of all things. Let them love you and love each other. Come and take your seat in the bosom of the limitless, my child. At sunrise, open and raise your heart like a blossoming flower. And at sunset, bend your head and in silence, complete the worship of the day. See you next week. You know I love you all. Bye-bye.